In today's episode, I discuss my TBR list for the month of July. Better late than never. A book I am not quite enjoying. And a book I finished and very much enjoyed. Also, part one of a deep dive into a book I've been anticipating ever since I've heard of it. With that being said, you are now listening to the Slacker Mode Nation podcast. Cue the music. This is the Slacker Remote Nation podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome. Happy to have you here. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Happy to have you back. You already know the drill. This is not for kids, especially this episode and probably the next four or five episodes specifically, especially. But in general, yeah, I'm not for kids. Anyways, I'm going to dive right into my TBR list. I'm going to go ahead and give you a quick disclaimer. I am probably about to butcher some names. So because I know I'm about to butcher some names, I will also be posting the list of books and who wrote them on my Facebook and Instagram. So go ahead and like the Slacker Mode Life on Facebook and go ahead and follow me at Slacker Mode Nation on Instagram. So um, I ordered this into three categories and those three categories are I'm going to try to read, most likely to read, definitely going to read. And I'm going to start with, I'm going to try to read. And the first, these books are not in any particular order, but the first book I'm definitely going to start in July. I just am not sure if I'm going to be able to finish it in July. And that is African Myths and Tales. Doesn't really have an Arthur, I don't think, because I didn't write that down. So there's that. And then the next book is Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan. And yeah, I'm not even going to try. Like I said, I'm going to post this list on Facebook because yeah. Funny story about um, Facebook and Instagram, actually. Funny story about Sex at Dawn is I was on a post in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in. And I forget actually what the initial post was about. But some dude did mention that he did like to hear his significant other say like, hey, yes, daddy. It was something about buying girls, paying for girls like hair and nails done. And he was just like, he just likes his girl to be like, oh, thank you, daddy or whatever. And some girl posted on there that she finds it disgusting when people refer to their significant other as daddy and what it would you be thinking of your grandma or some shit like that and so that sparked a really interesting conversation really really interesting conversation i can't relate to her perspective now i will say i've only referred to one person that is not my father as that but that again I don't agree with her perspective. I just feel like, you know, different strokes for different folks. Like, I definitely am not thinking of my father. Anyways, that's besides the point. I don't agree with it, but that's... He gave a list of books to, like, spark the discussion or the research into different 
types of kinks and different types of sexuality and exploring your sexuality and like it was it was really interesting some of the books he mentioned i think i had read but that was the book i hadn't and i read the blurb and i'm really interested into reading about it i have it on my kindle the next book is mother of all secrets by kathleen m willett and then embers of the wind by williamson rosenberg followed by seven by Keita Kendrick. Then you have Black Girl Magic by Mahogany L. Brown. I will say that this is a poetry anthology. It's definitely a must-have. The Quarter Storm by Veronica Henry, and she begat this by Joan Morgan, which I actually started reading a couple months ago on Audible. I just pushed it aside for other endeavors, but I hope to finish that in July. And then we have Most Likely to Read. So in this category, the books are The Salt Roads by Nalo Hopkinson, which I I have had this book for a long time. I keep starting it, but not really quite getting into it. So I started it a couple weeks ago and I kind of got into it a little bit. So most like I'm most likely going to finish this book by the end of July. Then we have Dawn by Octavia Butler, because I thought I read all her series, but I didn't. This is the last one that I haven't read. Then we have In Every Mirror, She's Black by Lola Akinmat. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. All right. So then we have The Ninth House by Leah Bardugo. Shades and Shadow by N.K. Jemison. Bonacal by Veronica G. Henry. And Witches Steeped in Gold by Sinan Smart. Then am I definitely going to read category I have? Fire and Blood by George R.R. R. Martin. I said I was gonna read this before the actual series that is based off of this book starts. And I also feel like I'm definitely gonna finish reading this by the end of July because when I started reading that, I quickly got halfway through. I kind of put it down to read other things, but I'm definitely gonna pick that back up probably in the next week and probably finish it in the next week. So then we have The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, Goliath by Tochi Onobuchi, Love and Color by Balu Babalola. I tried. When We Were Birds, and then I put by and didn't write their name. Ayana Lloyd Bonwo. Sula by Toni Morrison, which I've had forever. I've carried it around with me sometimes. And for some reason, like, I just don't read it. I don't know. I'm going to read it by the end of July. Then we have, um, which is kind of cheating, but not really. Because it is my July TBR list. I've read it in July. I literally just finished it today. But it's You Made a Full of Death with Your Beauty by Akawaki Emenzi. I don't know. Emenzi. Emenzi. I'm not sure I said that name right, but I tried. And then The Sex Lives of African Women by Nana Daku Sekiyama. And what's really interesting about this book, I will get into this book because this is the clearly the book that I'm also going to be ending the deep diving into. So what's interesting about this book is it's written by one person, but she transcribes stories from a bunch of different women. So we'll get into that later. In total, that is 23 books that I plan on reading. And that's just the books that I have in my possession now. You know, the month of July is a big ass month. I have an audible credit I haven't used yet. So 
I might add more to the list. Probably, most likely, I'm not even gonna lie to you, the books that I probably end up reading for, for real by the end of this month is probably gonna be a little bit different than the books on this list. But that should be just, just because as a reader, ultimately I read to have fun. So if it starts to feel like I'm being forced to do something or forced to read something, that's why I like start reading books and then put them down and come back to them later. Because if it starts to feel forced, I pushed it to the side because at the end of the day, reading is something I love to do. I never want it to feel like a chore. So I make sure it never feels like a chore. It's literally one of the therapeutic things in my life aside from music. So yeah, <laughs> 23 books later. So next subject is going to be a book I'm not enjoying. Which is how it ended upon the I'm a try list. And that is seven. I do encourage anybody to check it out because just because I feel some type of way about a book doesn't mean that you're going to feel some type of way about a book. But I'm definitely going to tell you why I feel some type of way about this book and why 64% into it, I kind of just pushed it to the side and was like, I'm going to read other shit. So first of all, it started off really good. I really enjoyed like the first 34% of the book. It started off really good, really promising. And then like at 50% into the book, it kind of got ridiculous. And I'm like 64% into the book now. And clearly I'm reading that on a Kindle. But the first note I wrote and I quote was, it was really started off good. Then we come along to this random act sex scene. And I love a good sex scene. Sex scene. <laughs> Never actually done a sex scene. Kind of intrigued. Probably on my to-do list, but that's neither here nor there. I love a good sex scene in books. And uh, occasionally I love a good random ass sex scene in books. And the scene that I'm referring to was neither. And honestly, I feel like they fumbled an earlier scene that could have actually been a random act sex scene, but it was definitely a build up to something. And I felt like the fact that it built, built up to that was just like, dog, seriously? It's just like, oh, we discovered we work for the co same company. Now I'm going to fuck you. And we're going to fuck for 20. And we're going to use all 12 condoms in the pack and... It was just a little ridiculous. Not the whole using all 12 condoms in a pack. I <laughs> no, I'm just going to fuck it. I'm going to say it. I'd totally be down to try that. But it was just how it was initiated. It was just like completely fucking random. Like part of what makes a sex scene good is it has to be kind of believable. At least the way it's initiated and started kind of believable but that's just my opinion that's just my opinion but they did have like a really I will say the scene that they I felt like was kind of fumbled that kind of didn't get what it deserved was they had a scene where pretty much she dared him to like put her pantyhose on her and he did it and it was just I don't know something about it that was just like ah uh, that was kind of hot but then you get to that and I was just like all right, I'm gonna put this book down and read a different book. But I am gonna finish the book because I hate not finishing books. 
I'm going to try to finish this one this year because I'm not about to like it's hard to get through in a way that Fifty Shades of Grey was hard to get through. And like I drug through that. I fucking hated reading that. And I hate that I hated reading this. But definitely check it out because y'all might feel differently than I do. And you know what? Drop a comment on on my TBR list post if you actually read it and you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Next topic. So the book I did finish and loved was You Made a Full of Death with Your Beauty. And I'm not going to butcher that lady's name no more. But I really enjoyed this book. I read it in two days. I could have read it in one, but I've been mad tired the past couple of days. I don't know if it's the weather or what, but I've been mad tired. So I've been going to sleep really early. But I managed to read this book in two days. And I don't even know. No, no, no. No, no, no. Hasn't even been two days. I read this book in a day. I started this book yesterday. It, I read it within 24 hours. Impressive. It's really not impressive for me, but impressive. I what? Okay, so one of some of the things that I really liked about this book is the main character is relatable. It follows Fie, who is Nigerian, who is dealing with the loss of the love of her life due to a car accident, and um. I'm not even going to lie. Speaking of sex scenes, the opening of this book is literal is a literal fucking sex scene. Like, yeah. Okay. So chapter one excerpt chapter one begins like this. Milan was the first person Fee had fucked since the accident. That's literally how the beginning of the book is. So I was just like, okay. I'm, 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 whoa. How do we get from here to what the book is actually about? Like, okay, 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 okay. uh, Okay. Like makes you clutch your pearls a little bit, but like, you know, that's the, that's the line that hooked me. Not even going to lie. I would say don't judge me, but I don't even give a fuck. You can judge me. Like that's the line that hooked me. So I was actually impressed that the writer was bold enough to open up a book like this impressed i like it like it had me and then um as the book progresses you see that a lot of this, the decisions that the main character fee makes is her trying to be in a moment trying to be a different version of herself a person that is not the same person that has dealt with this loss because over the entire book there's always she she carries around this ghost of her husband that died in this car accident and we never really get the de- the the pure details in of the accident but it's okay because just her emotion like how she has her flashbacks in those moments like you get the full grasp of her grief and how she's struggling to deal with that struggling to be okay struggling to be over it like i've been in moments where i just wanted to be over something that made me depressed and it's depressing to not be able to get over it not as deep as you know having my spouse die in a car accident that i'm also in that i live because that's another layer of her grief the fact that she is in she was in the car accident too but she's the one that got to live why couldn't it have been him to, to be the one that has to live that, those are feelings that she grapples with those are feelings that she struggles with and it's amazing how the author was able to convey that those type of emotions to a point where i feel it like i can't i can relate to feeling grief to wanting to be over something 
to be to have something earth shattering happen to me, but never to that capacity. But it's crazy how I was really like I really felt homegirl. I really felt like she was where she was coming from. So she ends up forming a friendship with one of Milan's friends. You know, they have a little fling for a little bit, but they're both emo- they are both emotionally closed off to each other. And I like. I really liked Milan when it's all said and done because Milan was really her friend. Like he was what she needed in that moment in the beginning of the book where they were just, you know, fuck buddies. That's literally what they were. He didn't, he wasn't upset or he didn't feel some type of way when she wanted to end that portion of the relationship. Matter of fact, he's the one I was like, yo, we should be friends. And he didn't even feel some type of way when she started dating his homeboy. Well, not really dating, with him she wanted to take it slow too there was definitely a mutual attraction but she definitely wanted to take it slow and she was definitely uncomfortable with the fact that she couldn't wrap around her head around the fact that milan was okay with the fact that she was talking to this new dude nashir that she actually had made eye contact with they had a moment there was some sparks but then she lit his ass up because she was actually there with milan respect but it's cool because full circle come around like, you know, her and Milan and, and things. He has her number via her friend Joy, who I also love. I actually kind of, I guess that's the, that's the only criticism that I have of the book. I kind of wanted a little bit more of Joy. But maybe I might get, maybe, possibly, we'll get a story on Joy. But, um, that being said... So she ends up with this in a friendship with Nasir, and he is a I love that name, Nasir. I I, oh, I love that name. I always said if I had a son, I would name my son Nasir, and I had two daughters. So that's that. Anyways, and I'm not having any more kids, and that's on everything, unless I'm married and my husband can afford for me to stay home and raise those kids. And that's on everything. No cap. Random. But anyway, so Nashir is an art collector and she's actually an artist. And he invites her to come to his island. I believe the island is Trinidad, but I don't think that it was ever explicitly stated. And if it is, feel free to correct me. But um, he, his father is somebody he owns his own land. She'll have her own space. No pressure. They can go just as friends. So she agrees. You know, Joy encouraged her to go because Joy is kind of team Nas. And so she goes. She agrees to go. She actually has the opportunity. He, he set up this opportunity for her work to be featured in this showcase. So there's that too. So she goes, they, they're on the plane, you know, it's cool, they're kissing, it's cuddly, but they're still going as quote-unquote friends. That's one of the things that I like about the character Nas is that he was definitely initially really good with the fact of taking it slow, moving at her pace, knowing that she's gone through something horrific and she needs time and she needs space and she doesn't need anybody, like, crowding her. So... That, that's one of the things that I really liked about Nas. So they end up on the island and it's right before he lands that he tells her who her fa- who his father is, Aleem. Oh my God. Ooh. 
Aline. And he really didn't think that she would know who he is, but she knows who he is because he's like a Michelin star chef. So he also tells her, like, you know, he's a little different. He's a little... He doesn't say eccentric, but that's the word I'm going to use. He's a little eccentric. And for real, Prince... um Prince. Aleem, his father, gives me Prince vibes. Anyways, like, she meets his father, like, face-to-face. And it's, like, this instant fucking connection. So clearly she freaks out because she's like, yo, why am I feeling the sparkly sparks? For this dude's dad, and this dude's really trying to holler at me, I'm feeling the sparkly sparks for his dad. Like, WTF. That's literally how she feels. That's literally how I felt. But then as the story progresses and, like, you know, they have their little conversations, we learn that Elaine was also married. He also lost his wife. She drowned and he's been carrying that weight. And it's interesting because they formed this friendship off of this mutual understanding of this type of grief. They know they both know what it is to lose somebody that they love in a way that nobody else around them has experienced. So they find they kind of form this friendship based off of that, but underlying, at least on her end, because this is mostly told from her perspective she has this underlying like attraction to him that she's like really struggling with so there's like a point in the story where Nas actually has to leave her there because you know the showcase went well somebody wants to commission her work somebody commissions her work for 15 motherfucking G's like go ahead girl get that bag so he he leaves her there with his father and like in my mind the way that she's describing everything how did he not notice that there was anyways that's besides the point so you know he leaves and it's almost immediately the attraction becomes too much and I want to say they begin to sort of the fear but they literally just kiss and you know spend time with each other and question if this is worth his relationship with his kids and one of the things that I like about Liam is he talks about sacrifice because he was married, you know, his wife died when their kids were really young. So he sacrificed a relationship, plenty of relationships for his kids, so much for his kids. He literally dedicated his life to his kids. And he's like, what he feels for her, he's never felt for anybody before. And it's worth it because he sacrificed so much for his kids. It's time for him to start living for him. And... I was like, you know what? That was the moment I was team Aline. A girl posted it in one of the book groups I'm in. You know, we had a little discussion amongst the people that have read it and are reading it. And I was just like, yo, I'm like, I think I was like 64% into the book. And I was like, these percentages, I be knowing these percentages, yo. But I was about 64% into this book. And... I I went back to the post and I was like, yo, why am I in love with her father? <laughs> why am I in love with this father now? Like, yo, what the fuck? And she was like, I was rooting for Najir. And I was like, I was too. Till I, I mean, she met his daddy. Like, the fuck? Anyways, and all in all, it ends on a happy note. I'm not going to completely ruin the story for you, but I do hope that me talking about this book, encourage you to go read it because it's actually really good. I'm really not a romance novel person, even though I've been reading a lot of romance related things. 
I really don't normally read these type of books, but I really enjoyed this book. I really like it. Definitely recommend. Gave it five stars on Goodreads. But, oh yeah, and it has some of my favorite quotes. So before I go into my last topic, because I've been talking for a long time, this is going to be a long ass episode. But before I go into my next topic, I'm going to just read out some of the quotes that really really did it for me so I highlighted it so one of them is and that's something I've learned in years since that there are so many different types of love so many ways someone can stay committed to you stay in your life even if y'all aren't together you know and none of these ways are more important than the other I really like that one what's another one you know what? Matter of fact, this one is towards the end, but, and I'm a, I'm not even going to say, well, fuck it. I think you'll figure out in context, but this was the one. It was, it's not your business, what I do with my body or what Aleem does with his. You have no right to me. We weren't together. We weren't even exclusive. You're not entitled to fuck me just because you were a decent human being and went along when I wasn't ready to be intimate with you or be mad because I ended up fucking someone else. You don't get points for waiting for me. I didn't use you. I didn't lead you on. I went as far as I felt comfortable and I stopped there. And I'm gonna leave that at that. But definitely check out this book. Again, I gave it five stars on Goodreads. Like, that's definitely, it's, it's, definitely earns this spot as one of the best books to read in 2022 according to goodreads i believe and i think amazon on amazon that book is really good go check it out and um definitely if you are if you like audibles definitely check out the audibles because i believe i read somewhere that bonnie turpin narrates that book and she kills it so you can't go wrong there either But my last topic is I'm going to, because I spent so much time on other things already. I'm only, originally I was going to talk about the first actual two stories in the books, but because I kind of want to wrap this up because it's getting longer than I ever want my podcast to be, I'm going to go ahead and just stick with the preface and the intro like I wrote down anyways, because I kind of already knew, but This book is The Sex Lives of African Women. And real quick, I'm going to tell you how I heard about it. So I follow this journalist and vlogger and author called Demetria L. Lucas. And she also does the Ratchet and Respectable podcast. I don't know her personally, but I follow her religiously. Her books are a um a bell in brooklyn and don't waste your pretty and they're definitely also worth checking out if you're black and female or in general definitely check it out so oh yeah and when i say that i mean it offers wisdom you can learn something from anything so take what you need and leave what you don't period but that's she wrote about this book because she at first she was traveling back and forth between africa but i think now she lives in ghana And she makes me want to go. But so she was able to get a copy of this book that was available in Africa because, you know, the title or whatever. And sorry for the noise. I had to um, dig the book out from under my book pile. But 
she talked about this book she said it will be available in america soon i think she talked about this book i want to say towards the end of last year maybe or maybe like spring of last year but sometime last year she mentioned that this book was coming here and i've been patiently waiting patiently waiting patiently waiting and you know my book through group always comes through somebody posted that this book was available so you know i quickly went and fucking fangirled and it was sad like i ordered the book yep 2022 i ordered the book and then i sat anxiously waiting for amazon to deliver the shit <laughs> I checked to make sure they shipped it when they said they were going to ship it. And I checked to make sure it was going to be delivered when they said they were going to be delivered. And once it was delivered, I was right at the door opening that motherfucking box because I already knew what was in there. But that's how excited I was about this book. So what we are going to say is this book is The Sex Lives of African Women. That's the title that grabs you. But also definitely worth noting is Self-Discovery, Freedom and Healing. So preface, how this started, the quote that pulled me, and then I got to open this. Oh, this is the quote that like really pulled me in. And it's like in the literal second chapter, I was already interested, but this is where I was like, yeah, this is going to be the book I like to read this year. This is the book that I want to talk about on my podcast for real. And not just because I've been anxiously waiting for it to come out anyways the quote is as follows black african and afro descendant women are often told that sex should only be within particular constraints between people of opposite genders for instance and within certain parameters in some countries these parameters are marriage in other countries the law prohibits some types of sexual acts or tries to control the choices girls and women have when they experience an unwanted pregnancy big facts 2022 america <laughs> also worth noting that she also states in her preface that in my introduction to each story, I describe each woman as she self-identified. This allows me to show the diversity of ways in which people see themselves, whether they identify as cis women, femmes, trans, heterosexual, or pansexual, for instance. I also share people's ages and their country of origin and residence in order to contextualize their experience. Boop. Moving on the line along to like a couple of lines later. My conclusion is very much this. We're all on a journey towards sexual freedom and agency. And in order to get there, we need to heal. Healing looks different for everybody. For some women in this book, healing came about through celibacy and spiritual growth. For others, healing came through taking back power as a dominatrix and sex workers. For others, healing is still part of the journey they need to travel. And then I'm going to quote the last line of the preface the journey towards sexual freedom is not a linear one or one that is fixed and static freedom is a state that we are constantly seeking to reach so this book is the sex lives of african women but i kind of feel like just based off of the prefix that this is a book that women from all walks of life can actually read and appreciate because there are just certain things that we as women experience that other women have also experienced like there really should be a sisterhood within womanhood because 
And this is just from reading the first two and a half stories because I'm two and a half um, stories in. I could relate in some way to each of these stories, even though these women are from very different backgrounds, have different some religious views and are in different types of situations, sexual relationships, marriages, what have you. In each of these stories so far, I've I've been something that they've said, something that they felt an emotion, like an experience they've had or an emotion they felt was I was able to it resonated within me. I was able to relate. So there's just certain things that we as women, the women that are listening to this can relate to, period. So just based off of that, I'm telling y'all, y'all need to get this book. Y'all need to read this book. This book is it. So the first part is self-discovery. And in the intro, she talks about how at 22, she was still technically a virgin. She lost her virginity at 22. And this was in spite of the fact that some dude named Eric told her boyfriend, Jeremy, six years ago that he fucked her by a gutter near her house. And it's crazy because... In that part one, she mentions that boom, she lost her virginity, of course, to the boyfriend. Oh, no, she lost her virginity to the person that she ended up marrying. And, you know, it it was okay, but the sex wasn't really what she wanted to. So eventually within that marriage, she cheated. And when he asked her why, she was like, she had no words to offer him. If she had, she might've said, quote, I spent years avoiding sex with guys because I didn't want anyone to gossip about me. I wish I had realized sooner that no matter what I did, guys would claim to have fucked me every which way under the sun. I spent years scared that sex would result in pregnancy and that would mean dropping out of school and having my life ruined forever. I wish I had known about contraceptives and that sex could be enjoyed for its own sake. I spent years thinking that once I had sex with a guy, I would need to stay with him forever. And then once I was married, I realized I should have done what a lot of guys are encouraged to do and sown my wild oats. I too have wild oats. So that is something I don't know. Maybe not all women can relate, but I could definitely, I could definitely relate to that. I could definitely relate to feeling those things. I could definitely, I can definitely relate even like as far as not doing certain things sexually, just because, oh, you know, the stigma behind it, this and the third. And that's something that through life you learn, you know, what I do is what I do. And one of the things that I always stress to people is that you don't have to worry about what I do. As long if you don't like what I do, don't do it. Let me do what I do. And that's in anything, in career-wise, sexually, platonically, like in any situation, like that's how I feel, but I had to grow into that. I had to kind of get out of the feeling of caring about what people thought about me because I'm the only person that can live my life. I got to live and die with my decisions and I don't need to do anything anybody feels like I should do all I need to do for real for real stay black and die but that is all yeah that is all I had something else to say wild 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 I had something else to say but 
it, it doesn't even matter. I've ran through enough of my time. Thank you for listening. This is a Slack Remote Nation podcast. I will definitely be diving deeper into this book in my next episode. I will also be discussing Westworld episode three. So that being said, this is a Slack Remote Nation podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye.